The Platform is a suspense horror film streaming on Netflix about a program that people can elect to partake in instead of going to jail or to get something else that benefits them, like a degree. There are hundreds of levels in this prison-like place with two inmates on each floor. Every day, a platform with enough food for every person is lowered from the first to the last floor. If each inmate were to eat only what they needed, everyone would live healthily. However, the inmates are nowhere near considerate and the food is gone before the platform reaches even half the floors. The catch is that inmates are moved to a different level every month, meaning two people could be eating happily on level 3 for 30 days only to wake up on level 182 the following month. The people on the lower floors are forced to do awful things like eat paper and even their fellow inmates in order to survive. I'm Haley Palacios. And I'm Florve Godino, and today we're going to be talking about the underlying messages in the award-winning Netflix film, The Platform. About the interesting details that we saw in the movie, because some of them can be very easily overlooked. Well, at the beginning of the movie, people had various questions to answer about themselves. They were asked to bring one personal belonging with them, and the main character, Goring, chose a book. Yeah, this is also where we found out that Gorringe's reason for signing up to live in the hole was because he wanted to earn a degree. And this made it clear some people are voluntarily living in this place because they thought that the benefits would outweigh the downfalls. Our main character Gorringe thought that living in this place was a good deal if he got a degree. I personally wouldn't take that deal, but let's talk about Gorringe's experience in this place. So Gorringe was placed in a cell block with another person, Trimagasi. He was much older than Goring and spent there way longer than him, with his personal belonging being a knife, which made me guess that Goring brought the most useless item he could bring. It does seem that way, doesn't it? <laughs> like, Trimagasi brought a knife, he was really thinking about what it was that he was going to go through. Goring brought a book to pass the time, but uh, we can talk about the book later because there is an underlying message to that. Miharu was quite the character herself. She was first introduced by being on top of the platform, stepping all over the food. She was never acknowledged by Trimagasi, rather ignored. But Goring was confused as to why she was even there and if she was hurt since she was covered in blood. I know, yeah. Um, then later it was pretty clear why she was covered in blood. She quote unquote defended herself from two inmates in the cell below. They lost. She won. She was very aggressive. <laughs> but Trimagasi told Gorange that Miharu rode down on the platform every day, searching for her child. But Trimagasi also said that it was a waste of time because children under 16 were not allowed to live on the platform, which meant that her child was just not there. But that's a whole other conversation that we're going to talk about later. And then there was Imagiri. Her being in the hole was an unexpected surprise, wasn't it? Yes, I was so shocked. So I was like, what is she even doing here? She was the person who interviewed Goring before being accepted onto the platform. The sole reason she was even in there was to help people rationalize their food portions so nobody has to go hungry and starve into cannibalism. Like, you know, like someone did. <coughs> Trimagasi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Trimagasi really, he made some bad choices, but he lost in the end, so it's okay. But yeah, she was the whole reason that Gorange was even in the place. She was the one who put people in there. And then later when I saw her in there, kind of had to do a double take because the thought of someone who was 
helping run this place, partaking in this awful experience was just incredible to me. Later, she did explain that she wasn't even aware of what the people were signing up for. She wasn't in the loop about the starvation, cannibalism, other awful things she was putting these people through. But yeah, seeing her in the hole was really interesting. Baharit was also an important character in the end. He was the one who helped Gorge accomplish his goal of getting to the bottom of the platform with a single terracotta or dessert. Uh, they wanted to send the terracotta up to the people as a message that everybody was civilized, I guess, and that they didn't need to do this to people anymore. Now that I have an overall description of the characters, I put two and two together about the people with the higher power, not knowing how much the people below them suffer. This ties into real society. of elements in the movie that are metaphors for the real world the biggest one um in my opinion being the little girl at the end of the movie yeah i mean she's kind of hard to miss since children under 16 aren't allowed to be admitted onto the platform imaguri was the one who told goring about this rule as well yes which is interesting because again imaguri was the one who was working for the vertical self-management center that's what they called it as a way to make it seem like a rehabilitation center but imaguri worked for them and she had no idea about anything that was going on in there but you know we saw obviously that in the end the child was living there and a lot of people and sources see this as a form of representing capitalism there's an article that states that the little girl and imaguri show that those in power set the rules but don't follow them themselves right the nation roar was the name of the article um, and after Gorinch made it all the way to the bottom and found the little girl, he put her on the platform and let her go back up to the people in power as a symbol that they aren't following their own rules. Unfortunately, that's where the movie ends, so we have no idea if there will be any change to the system. Yeah, so um, it's quite unfortunate that we don't really know exactly what happened at the end of the film, but I think the director definitely did this for a reason. Next, I think we should talk a little bit about the symbolism in the film. Uh, the main one being the book that Gorange brought that we mentioned earlier. The book is called Don Quixote by Miguel de Cervantes. A lot of people saw it as a comedic kind of book. I didn't actually get the chance to read the book myself, but we were lucky enough to interview Professor Javier Ramirez. He is a English and humanities professor at Lee College. Unfortunately, we did lose the interview footage. Dr. Ramirez, I'm very, very sorry about that. But I do have notes from our meeting, and so I'm gonna go off of that. So he actually has read Don Quixote before, so he had a little more to say about it than I did. Um, Don Quixote is a story about a man who is determined to make a change or a difference, but his attempt is foolish, not well done, and his actions were viewed as insane and, quote, rendered useless by reality. I mentioned this to Dr. Ramirez, and he said that the book definitely plays a part in the movie. You can definitely see the connection to Gorringe and the character in this book in that they both tried to make a difference but they were rendered useless and in the end it didn't really end up working out. Dr. Ramirez also mentioned many ways in which this film does definitely represent our society. Um, I asked him in what way if any does this film represent our society. He said it represents society in that the people who are in power will always treat the people below them as less than them. 
And as soon as people gain power, they will do anything that they can to keep it, even kill, as we've seen in this film many times. Like we said earlier, and when we did the description of the movie, every month, the floors change. Somebody could be on the first floor, and the following month, they could be on the last floor, be below everybody else, or they could be on a very low floor. But the fact of the matter is that they will still feel like they are better than the people who are below them. It's all about power. And I think that this definitely can represent society. Yes, I feel like it does happen a lot because a person of high rank could be super judgmental of someone who can't afford what they can or judge them by their status, but there could be a situation where the person of higher rank could drop down to a lower rank and ask for sympathy, maybe from a job or ask help from their loved ones. However, they will still feel like they are above or more powerful than the people who are below them. Yeah, of, of course. It's so upsetting that this is the true reality of how society is. It's all about power. Even if you're not generally powerful, there is a good chance that you'll still feel like you are above the people who are below you. This movie definitely represents how people could go from a high status to a low one and in turn end up suffering but still feel like they're above other people. Overall, I think this is just a good lesson to viewers that it's good to treat everybody with respect because you never know when you could be in that position. Final point that we'll talk about is a point that Dr. Ramirez also made apparent to me. He mentioned that it is important to talk about the people who are not represented in the film. You might be a little confused about that because it seems like everybody's represented. The only people that were not represented in the film were people with disabilities. <gasps> I know. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. I didn't even think about that before. It's such an interesting point of view. So if we look at this movie as a representation of society and we think about the fact that there are no people with disabilities in this movie, what does that mean for society? Yeah, it means that society doesn't see these people as people. It sounds so awful to say, but they're not seen as people. And that could also be something that this movie is showing by just not having these people in the movie at all. Because, I mean, there's people of different ages as well. Trimagasi was an older man, but he wasn't disabled in any way. He had actually a lot of energy. They had people of all ages, all races, women, men, children, everything except people with disabilities. And Dr. Ramirez made this an amazing point. And again, thank you so much for interviewing with us and we truly appreciate your input. We had an amazing conversation and I really wish that we didn't lose that footage. Okay, so let's get into the Apollonian or structural features of the film. I noticed that it was repetitive, but not repetitive at the same time. Because Goring and his cellmates slash everybody else were switching floors every month. But the one thing I noticed that was different was that either there was a different cellmate or something out of the ordinary that would happen on each level. Right, so the main structure of the movie was the fact that they switched floors every month. Uh, it definitely helped to keep the movie organized and definitely made it interesting because like you said, something different would happen on every floor and the cellmates would switch out. Um, since the movie is based on one location the entire time, it definitely helped keep it interesting. So it was a very good idea. Now 
let's talk about the emotional or Dionysian side of the movie. Uh, like we said before, the people in power or above show no sympathy for those below them, which was a great feature when it comes to the plot. There was also betrayal when Bahart attempted to get the people above him to help him move up floor to floor, which was an interesting scene. Honestly, that is one scene I can never forget. It was kind of sad when Baharat was pleading to the people above to help him to get to the top by using the rope. They asked him if he believed in God and Baharat willingly to agree to anything said yes. And they replied, in that case, then yes, throw your rope over. But turns out that they took the rope and let it drop all the way to the bottom. That was the only chance Baharat had to get to the top and the people above him betrayed him. That scene definitely triggers an emotional response, you know, triggered an emotional response from me. It kind of gave us a little bit of hope that maybe the people above were being considerate for once and it just didn't work out. So yes, there was definitely a lot of emotional parts in this film. The whole film was kind of emotional in itself. Structural features of the film. Let's talk about the ending of the film, which is extremely controversial. Uh, if you Google ending explained, I can assure you, you're not going to find very much. All you're going to find is a bunch of theories of people who've watched the film and what they think happened. Because the movie's ending was Gorange and Baharat made it all the way to the bottom floor, which was floor 333, found Miharu's child. Miharu rode down every day and somehow didn't find her child. They did, they found the child, and in doing so, they killed a bunch of people on the way down just to try and keep the dessert safe. So their initial plan was to use the dessert as a sign to the people above, but when they found the child, Baharat had died already, and Gorange put the child on the platform and let her go up by herself, and that's just where the movie ends. So there are so many ways that people see this completely differently. In your opinion, what do you think that that means? Well, I think that once the child goes up, it'll be the end of the platform. It's not gonna be available for anybody anymore because once the higher people see the child, they're going to be like, what? But how did that child get in there? Like, this is gonna be the overall end. I think that's a good point of view, mostly because on the way down, they did kill a lot of the people that were already living in this place. So like, what could they do from there? However, I am gonna disagree with you there because if this movie is a symbol of society, I think that it just can never end. So I think that when the little girl gets to the top, they're probably gonna try and cover it up. They're gonna do something drastic to get rid of her maybe. I think that it just goes on and on and on because if it is a symbol of society, that's how society is. There's just no changing it. They didn't end up changing anything. All they did was hurt people. I don't know, but I think the director did it on purpose because they filmed an ending to the film where the little girl makes it to the top and they just left it out of the movie very much on purpose. So it's open to interpretation. It really depends how you see it, but this film is definitely a reflection on our society and there's a lot of symbolism in it. It has a very, very deep meaning and we highly recommend it to anyone who wants to watch it. It's won awards. It again came out in 2019 and it is available on Netflix. So we highly recommend the film and we were very appreciative that we got to do this much research on it. 
thanks to Dr. Javier Ramirez. Thank you so much for meeting with us. Again, my name is Florabet Godino. And my name is Haley Palacios. And we really hope you give this movie a watch because you won't regret it. Thank you for listening.